Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Chill Podcast. You're listening to episode 16, The Sam Situation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Big Chill Podcast. Today, I'm going to be joined only with Eddie, as Sam has passed away, is now six feet under but no worries we do have his picks for this week so sam will be picking from the grave so i guess uh that just leads me to you eddie how are things going how excited are you being a big ohio fan that big 10 football is back yeah i've never been happier you know that was the news that made my year i did i did like that you said we're joined you're joined with me and not joined by me so I didn't know our relationship was quite as close as that. But no, yeah, Sam had to. I, we made the political decision with the election coming up. Uh, it turns out our, our podcast skews more conservative than we thought. And just for his homosexuality, we had to cut him off the podcast. He oh might be God. back in November depending pending uh, election results. Oh, boy. Yeah, I thought I was roughly saying he had died. Well, at least I acknowledge that he's still alive, so no one feels really bad. <laughs> it's what I said was marginally better than implying that he was dead. Yeah, I can't wait for him to give us a listen. He's gonna love this first minute. Well, yeah, if uh, he makes it this far, maybe he'll be dead by yeah. then. Who knows? So, yeah, Big Ten football is back officially. That was some of the big news this week. Besides. Uh, you know, week one in the NFL and and Premier League and NBA playoffs, which we'll touch in a little bit. But I think this would just be an easy one to kind of start off with. Um, This is huge for a large amount of Americans. Uh, So I went to Penn State and my Facebook and Instagram was flooded with posts about how amazing this is that Big Ten football is back, which I'll never really understand the we've talked about this many times the the hold that people have on the on like the love for the university they went to that they paid $35,000 a year to attend you know that's like like, I don't understand it's it's as if someone who buys Apple products their whole life and then just like gets obsessed with Apple you know like do they go to Apple stores and root for Apple products to come out you know like it's it's so strange to me I know and it's, it's it's strange to me that the whole, this whole concept of like you're paying into something and then like you get, you want to like support them more. It's just a weird phenomenon, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's strange that you mentioned Apple too, because Apple have wasted a significant amount of my life this week. Why is that? I, well, you know, I, I feel decided, like I feel like we have a story coming. <laughs> I decided that because you know my move has been going so smoothly, and I just have so much free time between work and the move and stuff. I just thought, why not take on an extra task and try and replace the battery in one of my MacBooks? Should be simple. Qualifies for that MacBook battery replacement scheme. So I thought this will be straightforward. How hard could it be? I called them up. I made an appointment. I went to the first place. The guy told me they were getting 400 laptops a day. And so that if I wanted my battery replaced, it would take at least 25 days to replace my battery. He said, you're better off just taking it to the, yeah, you're better off just taking it to the Apple store. So I walked to the Apple store. I wait in line to make the the one Paris right by opera. 
the big one. Oh, that's a the nice flagship one. one. The flagship nice one, one in Paris. Yeah. I wait in line just to make an appointment. They have one line dedicated. They have three lines outside the store. One, if you're going in to buy something. Two, if you need technical help and you have an appointment. And three, if, you're not, if you need technical help and you don't have an appointment and you want to make one. I wait in the line for 45 minutes. I make an appointment for a few days later. I go back 10 minutes before my appointment to get in this line. I don't understand the point of the appointment system if I then proceeded to wait in line for an hour. So I, got, I ended up getting in the store 50 minutes after my appointment was, was supposed so, to happen. So you technically could have made an appointment but then just got in the line anytime you wanted. Basically, yeah. They come and check and make sure you're in the right line every once in a while, but fundamentally they don't care. And you just stand there like these cows, like worshiping at the altar of Apple while these like annoying hipsters herd you around. You know, all these people who spend more time talking about like how cool their latest tattoo is and dressed like I dressed when I was like eight years old in 1995. And all of them are jeans. I mean, just, just like, it's just awful. Just waiting there, just telling you what to do while you all just like stand there patiently in the, in the, in the hot sun, just waiting to buy a sliver of Steve Jobs pancreas, you know? And oh, like, come on. And just, and just, and just nothing you can do. And then eventually, eventually they let me into the store. I get, I had to wait in another line in the store so that I get to experience the genius bar. Then I stand there for a bit. Guy takes my laptop, sends it off to be repaired, and it'll be shipped back to me in a week. I mean, a so process. You, so you don't, have, you don't have your laptop right now? No, 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 not my normal laptop, no. Fortunately, I'm in a position where I have two MacBooks. Thank God I have so many Apple products. And you know, the worst part about it too, is it was really hot and you're waiting in line and they've just put these little tents up, but only at the very end of the line. So right when you're like the next person, you get, this, you get some shade. Up until that point, they don't care about you at all. And then these Apple employees like wander up and down the line, just checking on you. They'll just randomly stop and be like, what's your name? Be like, oh, uh, my name's Edward Hewitt. Oh, okay, yeah, you've got an appointment. 10 minutes later, they'll do the same thing for reasons unknown. And then they'll, they're really concerned for each other though. So every once in a while they'll walk up to each other and be like, oh, how are you doing? Do you, do you have a bottle of water? Are you too hot? And if the guy <laughs> says he's a little too hot, they bring out this like nice fresh cold bottle of Evian and give it to each other. You know, meanwhile, the people waiting in line nothing, are like crawling on the floor. <laughs> oh, people passing out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank God if, if it hadn't been for the heat, it would have taken me three more hours, but a few people died, just stepped over their bodies along the way. Well, the the shitty part that I hate to tell you is we had I had just gotten an email from Apple saying that they want to start sponsoring our podcast and that if we have any laptops that need new battery replacements, that they'll overnight them to us. But unfortunately, you, you just missed out on well, that. Well, I'll say this. If Apple wants to sponsor the podcast, they're back of the queue. They can wait in line and when, when it's their turn. No water. <laughs> yeah. Episode 180. Maybe they can sponsor it. Until then, they just got to wait. Well, uh, I don't even... You you did warn us that you had some rants, but you used the plural rants. So I'm assuming we might have another one later down the road. Oh, who knows, <laughs> when, who knows when another one will pop up? Maybe when the Niners pop up, we'll get another rant. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you just happened to trigger me. And and people will probably think that you knew that I'd had this Apple experience and that you were I had no idea. Up. 
but I had specifically not told you any of any of the things that have frustrated me this week so that they could just come to me naturally. And he just teed that one up and I just had to go for it. Yeah. So uh, going back to the, the Big Ten story, it's pretty interesting because right now they're set to play eight games. The somewhat controversial thing they did is they didn't put in any bye weeks into any of these schedules. So if a team does end up testing a good amount of their team positive and has to cancel a game, they can't replay it, which would really screw things up, especially if it's like an important game. Um, I don't know if the actual schedules have been released. So because they're only playing eight games, I don't know if like what games they're taking out, which obviously in the Big Ten is very important because if you have a team like Ohio State that doesn't have to play you know, one of the big three, then they have an easy path to, to the playoff. And that's the other interesting thing is technically they're still not in the playoff right now, but the whoever's in charge of it, I think are going to vote on it soon, which I assume there'd be no reason to not put them in. I, I think that would kind of be dumb on their part to you know, well, you guess make it they, less exciting. You imagine they've got to make some of the key matchups happen. Because uh, they obviously the goal is that some Big Ten teams make the college playoffs, and they if they but, give them. But if that's this, the goal, why don't you just have Ohio State play the six worst teams in the conference and and make sure they're in? I guess, but I, I suppose the argument would be if they have this powder puff schedule, and they don't play anyone relevant, that there's a chance that the, you know, that they just don't make the playoff picture. That's what, Whereas that's what Clemson's if, done for the last six years. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. But <laughs> I mean, Clemson plays one ranked team a year, and and they get in every year. Yeah, but their quarterback has great hair. Yeah, he does have great hair. Is it gar- next? You know, what? it will be fitting when he goes to Jacksonville because between him and Minshew, they'll have the the two best flows in the NFL. So that actually brought me onto a little trivia for you, Eddie. Since it's just us two today, since Sam is dead. Ken, do you think you can name all of the like team name or mascot names of all the Big Ten teams? I mean, I know that I can't. <laughs> I'll just save you time there. <laughs> I know 100%. I know there's going to be schools where I have no idea what their team name or mascot is. All right. Let's, let's go for it. Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers. Yes. Penn State. Um, Cougars? <laughs> no. What are Penn oh, State? man. Isn't there, Nittany, isn't there like a... Nittany Lions. Oh, yeah. Okay, close enough. Come on. Sorry. Ohio that State. was a... Ohio State. Buckeyes. Okay. Michigan. Wolverines. Yeah. Michigan State. Spartans. Yep. All right, you're back on track. Iowa. That might be... Oh... <laughs> Cornhuskers? That no, Nebraska? that's Nebraska. Oh, Cyclones? Or is that Iowa State? That's Iowa State. Oh, I'll give you half I, I, of that. <laughs> Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes. Yeah, damn. You also upset a lot of Nebraska fans by well, calling Iowa yeah. the Cornhuskers. <laughs> Sorry. When you're put on Our the Nebraska spot, you know. fan base is up in arms right now. They have spiked yeah. their phone to the ground. 
Nick from Nebraska is furious. <laughs> they're coming at me with their pitchforks, which fortunately for them weren't far away. So, <laughs> uh, let's see what else have we done. Oh, this one would be tough. Rutgers. Literally no idea. Good old New Jersey Scarlet Knights. Yeah, in a million years, couldn't have got that one. Purdue. <sighs> Purdue, I know I will have seen just from March Madness, but no, it's not going to come to me. Boilermakers. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I should have got that. I'm missing any. Oh, Minnesota. It's a tough one. Oof. Think of their um, mascot. <laughs> well, yeah, if I could do that, it would be easy. <laughs> He's just always chewing um, on wood, Eddie. <laughs> oh, they're beavers? Gophers. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but he looks like a beaver. <laughs> okay, I'll never forget that now. <laughs> and actually, it's the golden gophers. <laughs> oh, even better. So um, the silver beavers. Ooh, Indiana. Um, it's a pretty easy one. The Hoosiers? Yeah. Yep. Illinois, you'll never get. Ooh. Um, Vikings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would you guess Vikings? I don't know. I was just trying to think of something. The Fighting Illini. I yeah, close. That's all of them. Oh, do we do Maryland? No. Maryland. Um, shoot. Should get Maryland because we have a friend who played football for Maryland. We do? And I still can't get it. Terrapins. Yeah, damn. Oh, is that where Mike played? Yeah, that's where Mike played. Nice. And then Northwestern Wildcats. I thought you would have gotten that one. No. Well, Eddie, you need to pick up on your brush up on your Big Ten knowledge here. Being the yeah, big Ohio found, State you fan f- you are. Yeah, you found one of the gaps in my knowledge. <laughs> As you touched on the, um, you know, the fact that there's no bye week and how that might have cause issues if there's some positive COVID tests. I wondered if you saw the big news that came out of the 11th division of German professional football this, this week. No, usually I'm on top of that, but... I, well, like I, just got, I only got to the 10th division this week. so. Well, you should have dipped down one division lower because there was a huge match between Ripdorf and FSV, SV Holdenstedt 2. And <laughs> uh, some of the Holdenstedt players had tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and and they hadn't, there hadn't been a 14-day period between when they tested positive and when this game was due to play. And Ripdorf tried to postpone the match. They argued that it was unsafe and not in line with uh, public health concerns, but the league refused to postpone it and said that Ripdorf would be fined 200 euros if they didn't play. And I'm assuming at the 11th tier of German football, a 200 euro fine is relatively significant. <laughs> so Ripdorf decided to put out their second team. And then they also, in the interest of socially distancing, only fielded seven players and their players never went within two meters of any other person on the field, and they lost 37-0. Oh, my God. Wait, so they weren't the ones that tested positive, though? 
No, they were just doing it in protest, but refused to forfeit the match. So they fielded seven players, which is the minimum you can have on a pitch to still have it be like after you dip below seven, it's a forfeit. And, uh, and then their players never went within two meters of, of any other person on the pitch. And so they basically just let the other team walk through them. I just, here's what I picture in my head. I picture it's like when you're playing a video game and you're losing and then you take your second controller and turn on as the other team. So then as you're going down, you're just moving the other team's players out of the way so that you can go in and get like empty net goals. This is exactly what it looks like to me when you just have like that mass exodus of people moving out of the way as you come down the center. Yeah. And you have to admire the whole, uh, the Holdenstedt players for really just keeping going. You would have thought maybe at like 10 and not because of the principle of not rubbing it in, but you would have just thought it kind of got boring and almost embarrassing for them to keep just walking through and scoring. And that at some point they would have just been like, let's stand in the corner and pass this ball around for a little bit and kill some time. So the fact that they just, I mean, that's a goal every two and a bit minutes. So you're literally scoring, kicking off, getting the ball back, going down, scoring and rinse and repeat, right? The entire 90 minutes. You have to admire that perseverance there. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe they're just ahead of the game on this one, and maybe that approach explains some of the poor tackling in the NFL the weekend. You know, maybe there are some players who adopted, you know, who adopted the German approach and were refusing to get close to their opponents. Yeah, I, the, that was some of the worst tackling I've seen in a long time that week one. And I don't... I, I still don't get why players just don't wrap up. Why do they insist on doing these like shoulder drop tackles where either one, you bounce right off the guy or two, he just jumps over you. I mean, we see like, I think on a weekly basis now there's more like hurtling over players in, in one week than there are, in like 2004, 2005, like every year it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And fortunately a lot of the hurdling is pointless. Like the Saquon hurdle on Monday night. Yeah. It's like a cool thing. It's amazing to see, but literally it got him one more yard. And so the risk reward on that, it doesn't really make sense to attempt the hurdle, but it's only makes sense because the tackling is so bad that this guy is committing himself really early and just blindly throwing himself in the direction of the player with the ball. So what shall we dip into first? Would you rather talk about your NBA loss or would you talk about your bet of the week loss? Oh, here we go. All right. <laughs> let's, all right, let's start with the NBA loss. Let's wrap that up and then we can go on to my NFL loss and preview this week's games. Okay, so Eddie so, yeah, I took a little bit of head a to head against I, Sam the Squid. Round two, after a very perfect eight for eight, Eddie rebounded with a very poor one for four. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to go into your results? Yeah, sure. I mean, here's the thing is the Celtics, we already kind of discussed the Celtics um, Raptors series, which I'm surprised in the end it went seven games just because the Celtics were clearly the better team. 
So a lot of credit has to go to the Raptors based both from a coaching approach, but also just from their mentality as players. So they managed to grind that one out to, to a seven game series. I regret that one because going into the playoffs, I'd predicted that as the round two and I was going to pick the Celtics and then just decided against it because of Celtic injury problems. Um, the other ones I don't regret. But Sam had the Celtics. Sam the Squid had the Celtics. Well. Sam had the Celtics, and he also picked the Heat against the Bucks. And you know, like all credit to him, there was obviously no rhyme or reason as to why he did that, apart from the fact. No, there's that no credit can... to him. He randomly <laughs> picked this. <laughs> I think he can probably remember the Heat from like the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh era, and so in his mind, he was like, the Heat are probably still really good. Like I genuinely think that was probably his logic, but. That being, and he's probably never heard of the Bucks before. So it's like team I've heard of versus team I've never heard of. Take the team I've heard of, but still, I mean the the Heat just totally outplayed the Bucks. We already kind of dissected that series before. The Lakers series got right, pretty smooth running for the Lakers. So the did Rockets Sam. are just, yeah, the Rockets just kind of a joke at this point. I don't know what you do if you're in charge of the Rockets. I mean, already Mike D'Antoni's told them he's not coming back, so they're going to have to change a co- their their coach. I don't know what you do from a player personnel standpoint to try and make that team like viable in the playoffs. Because what it seems like is in the regular season, if you have to play them once randomly, their firepower and the style in which they play makes them really difficult. But if you have to play them in a seven-game series and you have the chance just to focus on them, you basically figure them out. So the the you know the Lakers took two games to figure them out. And then it was kind of like they were toying with them. Yeah. And then the final series, the Clippers Nuggets, which it, to me is the bigger surprise even than the Bucks Heat, like way bigger surprise. The Clippers went from being favorites for the title to not even making the conference champion, like championship round. And 3-1 up. It means the Nuggets are the first team in history to come back from 3-1 down in two consecutive playoff series, which is kind of crazy. And on top of it, the Clippers were up by, I think, like 19 points in game five, eight, like 18 points in game six. They were up nine points in the third quarter of game seven, and they managed to blow all of those games. Like it's their effort in game seven. In the last two games, they they lost pretty handedly at the end, right? By the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, they lost. They lost like 13 and 15 or something like that. Yeah, there was like in in game six, they went from up. 16 points i think in the third quarter to losing by 13 so a 29 something like a 29 point swing in the second half and in game seven they were up nine in the third quarter and lost by 15 so you're talking about huge point swings over the course of like 15 minutes of gameplay yeah and which kind of takes effort like but i think their game seven effort like was so pathetic watching that fourth quarter and just seeing what they were doing. They were just clearly mentally checked out. I feel like they were a team that had way too much confidence in their ability coming into it. Kind of felt like they were already like been there, done that when in reality it's only Kawhi who has been, but even like Paul George, you know, like he likes to speak about himself. Like he's some, he can like summon this like second spirit that makes him unstoppable on the basketball court. And uh, instead he just looked horrible. So, I mean, again, in the similar thing with the Rockets, I don't know what you do with the Clippers. I don't know if you blow it up. It's tough because they got 
big players, good players. There's no reason for them to have failed so spectacularly, but I don't know how you go forward. I mean, the biggest disappointment there was had the Clippers pulled through, Sam the Squid would have been a four for four in round two, which yeah. just would have added to his lore. I mean, even being three or four and picking two pretty big upsets is impressive. Yeah, and overall, right? So he got he was six six out of eight in the first round. So he's nine out of twelve through the and first what are two you? rounds. Which nine out of twelve? I'm, yeah, nine out of twelve too. And Here we have we, we have his picks for the next round. So we'll just so it's Lakers Nuggets. I've picked the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to win the NBA title. I don't think LeBron could have had like an easier setup for winning this thing. I think the Nuggets are the only team that could be, stop the Lakers at this point because I don't see how either of the teams in the Eastern Conference can stop uh, Davis if they make the finals. Like whoever makes the finals, they're not going to be able to stop Davis. They have no big man to do that. At least the Nuggets have Jokic, and that's going to cause them some issues. But I still then, think over a seven-game series, it will be fine. And they're going to have to rely now, on Jamal Murray, the, the Canadian. Yeah, going, yeah being Kitchener, unstoppable. Kitchener, for, Ontario. Yeah, he's got to have, to win this series, Murray probably has to have six 40-point games. Well, he he's averaging, what, close to... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what he's been doing so far. (laughs) That's what he's doing so far. But but in reality, like that's what they need from him. Do you know that? Do you know in Game Seven he played forty-five minutes of Game Seven? Oh, I don't. I kind of don't get like once you're in the playoffs right now and you're at this stage, you should just be playing almost every minute. Well, that basically is. (laughs) I mean, there's only forty-eight minutes in a game. (laughs) But you have the TV timeouts. You have the challenges, you have the reviews, you have the quarter breaks anyway. So you're getting within that, the 48 minutes, you're getting like 25 minutes of break. There's no reason to be playing under 40 minutes if you're a key player. Like I actually think that's one of the things the Bucks got wrong with Giannis. Now I know he was injured um, later in the series, but throughout the playoffs, they played him like 32 minutes. What are you, what yeah. are you doing? Like the guy's 27 years old in the prime of his career, just run him into the ground. And I don't mean that from like, don't care about his, <laughs> but just like, if he can't do this, you know, like, <laughs> I just don't get it. But, you know, LeBron is in the 17th season of his NBA career and he's playing 40 plus minutes if they need him, right? Like they've had a few blowouts. So he has the ability to get off the court. And that's the other argument to me is like, why rest a guy in the third quarter so you set up a situation where you're going to need him in the fourth. It's like, oh, we'll let Giannis sit out six minutes in the third. So the other team makes a run. And now he, we need him back in now to try and close this game. Or it's like, why don't you just keep him in, hope that you're up by 15 with five minutes left, and then you can sit him for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know but, why you'd ever need to sit anyone in the fourth quarter with all the fouls in the last two minutes. Oh, I mean, fouls. It, there's a TV timeout. There's at same. least one review. There's at least one time where they're like, whose possession is this? Let's review it. <laughs> oh, was that a charge or not? Let's review it. The reviews take three minutes for some unknown reason. Like NBA, like they just have to take forever. But now here's the thing is Sam has picked the Nuggets. He's gone, he's gone for the upset in this series. So Sam has gone Nuggets. You've gone Lakers. Wow. Yeah. And in the, wow. other, series, we've, in the other series, we've both gone Celtics. Now, I think the Celtics are the – they were slight favorites coming into the series. They lost game one. 
they're now slight underdogs. Game two is tonight. Obviously, if they lose game two, I think it's series over just because I don't think they can't win four out of five. I think the Heat kind of have more talent. I'd probably rather the big three on the Celtics and the big three on the Heat, but I'd rather have the Heat's depth. And the depth is what the thing has been like really helping them. And also Jimmy Butler's just been kind of like playing like the reputation he's claimed that he's had at times, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but so I don't he's like the fact well, that though. we, yeah, he has, but I, I don't like the fact I'm not feeling too confident about that Celtics pick, but yeah, I'm declaring my hand now. Lakers are winning the title. That's obviously not bold. They're one to two favorites. So it's not exactly going out on a limb, but if the nuggets win, does this make Sam the squid, the best NBA prognosticator in the land to call every big upset that's happened? I mean, if the Nuggets win, he will definitely probably have had the best playoffs of anyone out there making prediction, public predictions. Especially we could have put his predictions who, in one of those like CBS sports brackets and he probably would win if the Nuggets win. Oh, yeah. And also, could have been here's a millionaire. too. He's not making the picks just to try and like get a little bit of recognition. It's not like oh, I'm yeah. going to pick the upset because if the upset happens, I get to say I called it. Because he has no idea who what the upset is. He's figured it out at this point. He knew when he was picking the Nuggets that it was an upset. But he's obviously kind of, he's like ridden the Nuggets to this point. So he, uh, <laughs> he decided to, to keep with them. But yeah. Oh, man. So you guys are tied up. And then in the NHL playoff series, me and Sam the Squid are pretty much deadlocked. I think I went six of eight in round one. He went five of eight. Then we both went two for four in round two. And in this round, we both had the same teams, one of which was Vegas, who got knocked out a few days ago, which I still I, – I said that they were my Stanley Cup pick, and I still don't understand how they got knocked out and – I mean, maybe it's just me not or underestimating stars. Well, I mean, the other thing too is I've I've gotten the stars wrong now in three straight rounds. Although so has Sam. That's the interesting one because Sam's logic of Sam's logic of picking against the stars was that he was tired of losing to them. So he also (laughs) his his mental his mental approach undid him in in this round. But it means the two of you, right? Actually, in both in both. the NBA and the NHL, like in the NBA, it's likely to come down to our NBA finals pick. And in the NHL, it's going to come down to your Stanley cup finals pick. I know. And I've, to be honest, when I'm just like sitting around watching TV, I start thinking about it and he's, he's in my head. He's definitely a hundred percent in my head. Cause I know going into the Stanley cup finals, I'm going to be one up. So do I try and make the pick that I think he's going to make? just so I can't lose or do I go for who I think is truly going to win? And then I have to factor in the fact that I've disrespected the stars for three straight rounds. Is this when I finally get on the stars train or do I just keep riding that they're going to lose eventually? It's it's, now I'm going to, I'm going to go out on, I'm going to go out on a limb here and maybe Sam will listen to this episode in his own absence, but who knows? I'm going to predict now. that Sam takes the stars. I know. I think he will too. And because he's going to use that same logic. He's tired of losing to them. He's going to, he's going to use that same logic and he's going to take the stars. Yeah. We'll have to see. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Vegas series was a good series. It was fun to watch, but, I mean, Vegas outshot them every game, I believe. And Stars goalie, he's their backup, which is pretty crazy, and he's playing really well. And you know what they say, Eddie? When a goalie gets hot in the playoffs, look out. And he is on fire right now. Could you imagine if Fitzpatrick was a hockey goalie and he had a hot hand, like, and also <laughs> was just so quirky? Could you imagine so, just the, the announcers would lose their minds? Well, it's the, the star's backup who's playing, uh, Anton Kodobin, he kind of is like a Fitzpatrick. He's this crazy Russian and the, apparently he has these legendary stories of being over in Russia. And like, there's this picture that came out three or four years ago of him holding this huge stein of beer in one hand. And then the other is this massive plate of crawfish. And supposedly after every game they, in Russia, when he was playing in Russia, they would go back to like the training, like some facility and they would hop in the sauna like as a team together, and then they would eat crawfish and drink beer after every game. That was their tradition. It's so strange. And it's like this great picture of just this burly Russian man holding a stein in one hand and, and a plate of crayfish in the other. But he's, he's like he super sound, quirky. He, he doesn't sound anywhere near as quirky as Fitzmagic. Well, that's the only Russian story I can tell. <laughs> I think he's just Russian. That's it. <laughs> so he's quirky he just by like they have a, Yeah, they have a Russian goalie, so he's done weird things. That's basically, uh-huh. you could have just left the story there. Uh, and then uh, the Lightning are still in it. We both picked the Lightning to beat the Islanders, and the series is now 3-2. I think they played tomorrow. I don't think they played today. I'm not sure, actually. But So hopefully at least the Lightning win, and we can go one for two in this, this round. And I think they should pull through eventually. And uh, are we not counting any tiebreakers for this then? No, I think because you, I would, I kind of like put the tiebreakers in in the event that you were like two for two, both of you, but seeing as it's going to not be perfection, we'll just save the tiebreakers for the Stanley cup finals. All right. So we get into NFL week two. Yeah. I can do a quick roundup because obviously we made all of our picks for week one. And overall didn't do too badly. So just before we get on to our predictions for week two, it's just worth saying against the spread, uh, Sam went 11-5-1. against the spread? No, 10-5-1, sorry, against the spread. I mean, that's still really good. Yeah. And then I went uh, 8-7-1 against the spread. And you went seven, eight, and one against the spread. And interestingly enough, we all had a push in the same game. So <laughs> the the Bengals uh, Chargers game was where we we had a disagreement, but the the line was three. It was a three point win for the the Chargers, and uh, that's where we all got the push from. So oh, that that minor league matchup. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that missed field goal at the end that uh, that got us our push and missed touchdown. Yeah. And then what again? What about just overall money, like pick to win money line? Uh, money line, Sam went 11 and five. I went 11 and five, and you went eight and eight. <laughs> it was a little bit of a rough week for you. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny? Is I went eight and eight, but in my confidence pool with my parents, I went 10, I went 10 for six. So how did wow. I pick different games? <laughs> 
Well, did you not pick the Giants, for example? Because I feel like you only took the Giants in this because you felt like you had to to like justify your Giants support. No, I probably I what I normally do in my confidence pools is I, I think I pick the Giants, but I always put them as my number one. So that way, like on weeks that I do matter. actually pick them and then they always disappoint me, it doesn't further piss me off than watching them lose to begin with. So I usually make them a one, but I'm pretty sure I picked them as the one. So yeah, I'm not really sure what I did differently. But I mean, but I, I also say in the straight up, right? Like obviously there were three fairly major upsets last week, like the Eagles losing, the Colts losing, and the Niners losing, which none of us got right, which isn't crazy, right? Because those were three fairly heavy favorites. But when you factor in like going 11 and 11 and 5 and 11 and 5 straight up and not picking any of those three big upsets, it means that really you had a pretty good week. Yeah. I think I did pick the cards though with the spread. Uh, both you and Sam took the spread with the cards. I was the only one who picked the Niners. Yeah, I can never trust Jimmy G to cover a spread. <laughs> Seems like you can't trust him to win a game either, but. <laughs> Well, let's see if we can trust him this week. We'll see if we pick. So uh, should we get going? We'll let's get start to week off, two. Start Sam, off with the Thursday. Sam, you ready? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> start, off with the, uh, start off with the Thursday night game, which is the Bengals-Browns. And the Browns are six-point favorites. The Battle of Ohio. Yeah, all I... of the pride. All of the pride of Ohio is at stake, which is not a lot of pride, but it's it's all up for grabs. The sad part is whoever wins this then has to play Ohio State in the championship and will probably be the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, did you say it's minus six is the spread? Yeah, Browns are six-point favorites. I'm going to go Browns on the money line, Browns minus six. I think this is a must-win rebound game for the Browns. I mean, just because I say that doesn't mean I trust them. But if they can't beat the Bengals at home, not that home field matters, but um, yeah, if they can't beat the bank, the worst team in the NFL last year with a 22-year-old QB, I don't think that they're going to win a game so they've got to win this yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you i i obviously thought that the browns could have a pretty decent season not to overreact to week one but i am going to jump off that particular train right now before it totally derails (laughs) so i'm going to say that the browns aren't going to have a good season that being said this is a must-win game because they're obviously they're in a pretty strong division. So if they have any hopes of making the playoffs, they have to they have to beat the Bengals. They can't be 0-2 in a division that has the Steelers and the Ravens. And in addition to that, the Bengals are one of the worst five teams in the league. So you just kind of have to assume the Browns get this done. I mean, if they don't get this one done, obviously it seems like like OBJ is already on the trade block. Baker Mayfield's yep. job's already being questioned at quarterback. If they lose this one tonight, especially if they lost badly, you'd have to say like OBJ is definitely getting traded and there's going to be a lot of calls for Mayfield's head. So rumors gonna deliver. Of, of OBJ to the Pats. Yeah, I've seen the Pats and the Packers as two likely like yeah. destinations. 
And I'm pretty sure he's he's decently good friends with Cam Newton. So that would be interesting. To oh, see I'm him sure in a, they in seem the like two uniform. people. They seem like two people right? who would really get along with each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just the fashion alone, Eddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I will say the idea of Bill Belichick coaching Newton and OBJ, that might be when he decides to retire. Like that might be the end. That might be when he's like, there'll be a moment where he's just like staring at their practice field and he's just like, I'm too old for this shit. Like this is, you, this is a generation, this is a generation that I cannot relate to anymore. Can you imagine them getting off the bus and it's like Cam Newton with this crazy hat, like fedora hat with this bright yellow thing. And then OBJ with like a $20,000 suit and then Bill Belichick with the, with the sleeves cut off sweatshirt behind them. You know, it's like <laughs> they couldn't be any more different. <laughs> well, they might not even, they might not even be able to get off the bus because like they'll probably try and out hat each other. So they're just like one day it'll just be Cam Newton trying to get off with like a brim that's like 20 feet long. <laughs> and you'll just be like, Cam Newton is, is like a DNP. Why? Uh, he's just still, he's just stuck on the bus, refuses to take stuck. his hat off and cannot, cannot fit out of the door yeah actually speaking of of obj i think it's uh time to go to instagram and look at the comments post which i still don't get why obj has comments for his pictures but he posted a picture up yesterday that said everything negative pressure challenges is all an opportunity for me to rise and it is just poop emoji Triple poop emoji, 10 times poop emoji, stop getting shit on, you're gonna get shit on, poop emoji, is you letting girls poop in your chest or nah? <laughs> I don't know what that one is. Then someone, <laughs> someone just went ballistic and has 12 straight posts of a poop emoji, the same person. Oh, he loved that. He was zooming. Did he like those? He's probably super, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're maybe you're missing it, and maybe he's getting off on these. Yeah, maybe that's why he keeps the comments on. Enough with this shit, and come join the Pats. You got this shit. Good shit. Is he gonna shit on the Bengals? Talk your shit. Today is your shit day. <laughs> that means. Could you please? <laughs> could you please poop off, bro? <laughs> that's a good. I could tell you had a lot of shit on your mind. Uh, well, I don't even worry about that shit, bro. It's insane. It's this is great. I I can do I look, this all day. Yeah, I know. I look forward to your spinoff podcast, Frank, where you just read the comment section from OBJ's Instagram. <laughs> Until next week, we'll have to. Yeah. I'll, I'm sure there'll be another good one next week. But right, okay, well, let's uh, let's skip the poop talk and go on to a much better game, which is Falcons at Cowboys. The, okay. the Cowboys are four-point favorites. All right. This is my first upset pick of the week. I'm going Falcons money line, Falcons with the points. I'm, wow. I'm just not sold on the Cowboys. Uh, they didn't look that great against the Rams. The The I mean, they, they made all these coaching changes thinking that was going to benefit them, and the play calling just looks as shitty as ever. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to rebound from a very disappointing week one. I think with the points, I'm a little more confident. I think 
just straight up is, is a risk taking the Falcons over the Cowboys. But I think even if the Cowboys win, it will be a pretty close game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going Falcons, Falcons. Well, we are going to completely disagree on this one. Uh, and I'm, I'm going Cowboys with the point, like Cowboys to cover the spread and Cowboys to win, obviously, straight up. This is one of those where, obviously, I like the Falcons going into week one. I was so disappointed in their secondary that it's difficult for me to hop back on board just yet. Now, there's every chance that the Cowboys are like one of the big letdown teams of this season because obviously there's so much hype surrounding them coming into the year. But I'm not going to doubt them that much just yet, and I'm going to assume this is a game that they can win. But if you're saying the Falcons' secondary is poor, then that means you're confident in Dak Prescott. Well, I'm, I'm prepared for the fact that Prescott might look really good in this game and it's going to bring the whole Prescott talk right back up. I'm, I'm fully prepared for the fact that Prescott will have like 450 yards, four or five touchdowns, and then it will be the talk of like, what does he, what, what kind of contract can Dak Prescott sign now? Seven years, 800 million? You know, like I'm, I'm fully prepared <laughs> for this talk, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself either on the Prescott situation or on the Cowboys or the Falcons, but I, I expect the Cowboys to get this one done. And just so we know, we do have Sam's picks. Actually, I forgot to say that. So Sam went for an interesting upset. He took the Bengals outright in the Browns game. Wow. If we could only get his opinion as to why, that'd be nice. I just think he thinks that uh, Burrow is cute. <laughs> and uh, in this game, he has taken the Cowboys to win, but the, the Falcons with the points. What do you think his reason is for this one? Um, <laughs> duh, I think he's put off by Ezekiel Elliott's like... Uh, you mean tattoo? Yeah, exactly. Did, did you see that terrible tattoo on his stomach? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't made to look better when uh, Aaron Donald then just pushed him around like a little rag doll. Yeah. I mean, I get I get it's his tagline, but do you need to get it over your entire stomach? I mean, it covers up his entire stomach. And it literally just says, feed me with a fork on it. Or maybe a spoon. I don't know. <laughs> Probably a spoon. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So, yeah, we've got Sam's picking for that. Next so game. Sam's take, so Sam's taking the Bengals because he thinks Burrow's cute and against yeah. the Cowboys because he doesn't like tattoos. Exactly. And okay. game three, we have the Bills at the Dolphins. Who are you going for? Oh, uh, yeah. This is one of my picks for my bet of the week. I'm going Bills and Bills. I think the Dolphins, I watched pretty much that whole Pats-Dolphins game the Pats didn't look great, but um, I mean, they would have had another touchdown that got called back when the guy fumbled at the one yard line into the end zone. So they got the touchback on that. Um, it, it was closer than it should have been. And I think Fitzpatrick is just going to get torn apart by this Bills defense. And the Dolphins defense did not look that good against a Patriots team that we still don't know how good their offense even is. But at least we know with the Bills that their, their offense looked pretty good week one, uh, minus a few dumb fumbles by Josh, uh, by Allen. But I think it's going to be a pretty convincing win. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm in this. I watched the entire Bills game. They were a little bit sloppy. Josh Allen had the two fumbles. They had two missed field goals, and they still won that game convincingly. And I, they kind of did their best in a way to give that game away. Now the Jets were just too bad to, to even get back into it. But you have to imagine week two, shaking off a little bit of the rust. They still looked overall, like for most parts of the game, they looked good. And so, yeah, I'm pretty confident in this one that A, the Bills are, are good to very good and that the Dolphins are bad. So I'm taking, I'm taking the Bills uh, in both, and so is Sam. And I can only assume that's because he thinks that Josh Allen's pretty cute. He's tall. Really tall. I'm, I'm only, and you know, this isn't just me just being completely random on this. It's just he sent me his picks. He wrote them down and he put little heart emojis next to some of them. And I guess that's what it means. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> next up, we've got <laughs> the Panthers at the Buccaneers. And just to mix it up so that I don't get accused of just following you or disagreeing with you, I'll go first. Rough, rough, rough week one for the Buccaneers and for Tom Brady. And I think this is the just what they need to bounce back. I think the Panthers' defense looked terrible. And so I think Tom Brady will have a ton of time. He'll have a lot of open receivers. And this is just the game he needs to make himself look good again. So the Buccaneers are eight and a half point favorites. I think they will cover that spread, and I think they will obviously win outright. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Tom Brady is a is a lot of strange things, but one thing he's that seems to kind of get him going is when people doubt him and when people kind of put some pressure on him. And Bruce Arians kind of did that with Week One. You know, kind of said that those two picks were pretty much his fault which they were. And I think even that and the media starting to question whether he's as good as he was in New England is going to bump up this. I think just like the practices alone are going to be way more intense leading up to this week. They're going to be a lot crisper, a lot sharper. And like you're saying, he's going to have a lot more time back there against this defense. and They're going to tear him up. Oh, he'll definitely be fired up. And Sam's picks, he's taking the Bucks, the Buccaneers to win but not cover the spread. And I can only assume that's because he thinks Tom Brady's really cute, but a little bit too old for his taste. So he's not going, not going all in on him. <laughs> Do you think he thinks Brady's cute, but McCaffrey's cuter? <laughs> oh, maybe. McCaffrey would definitely be his type. He'd be all over McCaffrey. Shame is he, he may not know who McCaffrey is. That's the only thing holding him back. When we send him a picture of McCaffrey later, he might change his mind. <laughs> okay. Who's next, game? Next up, we've got the Broncos at Steelers, and the Steelers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I am going Broncos to win, Broncos with the points. Oh, the Steelers, hate, the Steelers hate train is not stopping here. Not stopping. I don't get – after the Giants game, there were talks that the Steelers playoff slash – Super Bowl caliber team is back. I don't know how anyone can make that kind of a statement when a team plays the New York Giants. The New York Giants are about two phone calls away from calling my father up to play at safety. That's how depleted their secondary is. 
<laughs> so the fact that Roethlisberger threw a few touchdowns against a secondary made up of of nobodies and no names does not impress me in the slightest, not at all. And in I fact, mean- had had Daniel Jones not thrown a terrible interception on the goal line, that could have been an entirely different game. And we could have been seeing a game where the Steelers squeak it out by a field goal at the end of regulation. So I, I watched that game, not sold on them at all, offense or defense wise. So until, and I mean, it's unfair because now they're playing another not so great team in the Broncos, but I, I, I'm not sold. So I'll stick with my hate train and go Broncos, Broncos. All right. Well, I am not on the Steelers hate train. I'm not. I'm also not on the Super Steelers Super Bowl bandwagon, but the Broncos, kind of like we spoke about in week one, they're just devastated by injuries at this point. And so I just think for that reason alone, they're just going to be outmanned in this game. I thought the Steelers looked pretty decent on Monday night. I actually thought the Giants looked better than I thought they were, and that might come into a pick later on. But I thought the Giants looked okay, and I thought the Steelers looked pretty good. And... I'm going to take the Steelers um, both to cover the spread and obviously to win this game. And Sam is in agreement with me. And I can assume that's just because he wants Big Ben to take him on a night out for some drinks, corner him in the bar, and get his dick out. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought you were just going to go for the, the more G-rated Big Ben reminds him of home in London. Maybe. Oh, that's true. That was another option. Or maybe he wants to hop on Big Ben, the back of Big Ben's motorcycle, and they can just both ride without their helmets on, and he can just cling on to his his nice new physique from behind. <laughs> Skinny Big Ben. You in, you instead went for the R-rated sexual harassment and sexual assault version <laughs> of Big Ben. Never let it slip. <laughs> okay, so next speak. next game. Next game, interesting one. I'm interested to see where you go here because this is going to pit maybe the team that looked the best in week one against the team, one of the teams that you were highest on going into the season. So we have Lions at Packers, and the Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go first on this one because I know you're probably going to have more to say on this than I do. I'm a little bit torn here. I think six-and-a-half points, it's kind of right at the edge of where I feel comfortable with here. Because I, as I said coming into the season, I do not think the Lions were going to be good. I wasn't impressed with them in week one. I'm not going to be convinced that the Packers have this unstoppable offense just because of one week. So six and a half points seems a little reactionary to me. And it's obviously one of those teams, too, that gets a lot of public support. So the Lions are always a little bit bumped up just because a lot of people are going to bet on the Packers. So it's right on the margin. I expect the Packers to win and I am going to take them to cover the spread, but I don't love the six and a half. What about Sam? What did he go with? The same as me. So he's just obviously in love with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so he, wa- he wants him to uh, discount, discount, double check him into his bed. <laughs> he wants to discount, double check all night. So for this one, I was torn. It's really tough because I expect the Lions to do really well this year. To do so, they have to win games. And coming in already 0-1, 
makes it tough for me to think they're going to do well and start off the season 0-2. But having said that, I think the Packers right now look like the better team. So I will take the Packers to win outright. But I will take the Lions with the points. I think it's going to be close. Last week, the Lions looked great for three quarters and then just absolutely imploded. So if they can just keep it together for four quarters, I think, do they have a chance? I think they have a chance to win, but I think they should be able to keep it close for sure if they can play four quarters, which I'm sure they'll disappoint me and won't. But I'll go Packers to win, Lions plus six, six and a half, whatever you said it was. Six and a half, yeah. All right, that takes us on to the next game. Maybe not one of the best games of the week. Jags at Titans. So the Titans are seven and a half point favorites. I've not got a lot, got a lot to say on this. The Titans kind of squeaked out that Monday night game. Um, I still think they're a pretty good team, and the Jags are awful. So there's no doubt in my mind the Titans will win this. Seven and a half points. I think it would have been higher if the Titans had looked a little bit more comfortable on Monday night. And so I think I'll take them to cover that spread still. Yeah, I don't have much for this. The Titans to win. Um, I had, when I looked at the spread, it was nine. So I had the Jags plus nine. I think that's a lot. If you tell me it's seven and a half. Yeah, it's seven and a half right now with bet three, six, five. So that's what we're using as the season goes on as our point of reference. And yeah. It seems that that's actually shifted a little bit because I think when Sam sent me his pick, it was Jags minus eight, uh, Titans minus eight, sorry. So even in the last like 90 minutes, we've seen a, a small shift in the line. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the Jags with the points. I mean, maybe I let's, think... ta- let's call it eight. Let's call um, it eight. Okay. Because Sam's pick is, best on, is based on eight, and I don't want him to complain that the extra half point would have changed his mind. Okay. Yeah, I'll stick with Jags with the points. I don't have much to say about the game, but I did see a pretty cool post about Derrick Henry in high school and how ridiculous he was. So I have his game logs from his senior season. They are ridiculous. They, they read like a quarterback. So I'm just going to quickly go through. 300. This is just rushing yards, by the way. 336 yards, three TDs. 242, four TDs. 303, five TDs. 510 yards rushing, six TDs. 362, six TDs. 201, three TDs. 215, three. 455, and five. 242, three. 404 yards rushing and six TDs. 485 yards rushing and six TDs. Then he had one bad game at 189. That's his low, and only one TD. Finished up the season with 317 yards, four TDs. In 13 games, he had 55 touchdowns and 4,200 yards rushing. That must have been one scary thing. Well, we'll move on from that to another scary physical force, which is uh, Aaron Donald, and the closest line of the week. So this is Rams at Eagles. And the Rams are one-point favorites. I'll, I'll be honest. I am surprised by this line just because this seems like, I, A, I think the Rams looks pretty good in week one. The Eagles obviously didn't look great. 
this seems like a really great matchup for the Rams in this from the standpoint that like the offensive line for the Eagles doesn't look spectacular and it just looks like Aaron Donald's going to be able to get to Carson Wentz whenever he wants to. So I was expecting this coming into this. I was expecting this to be Rams minus two and a half, minus three points. So Rams minus one. I've got to take the Rams and obviously got to take them to cover the one point spread. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I'm right there with you. The Eagles did not look good defensively, uh, offensively in terms of defending Wentz from getting his ass kicked. And you have Aaron Donald on the other side who's just going to make light work of that offensive line. They're going to create so much trouble for them. I'm going to go Rams to win, Rams with the points. And Sam obviously thinks that Jared Goff is cuter than Carson Wentz, and he's also gone Rams across the board. Did we get his picks for the last one? Uh, oh, no, I didn't Titans, say them. Jags. So, so in the last game, he took the Titans to win, but he's taken the Jags to with the points. So, so Tannehill, is, Tannehill is obviously like right on the cusp of being an attractive quarterback for him. But with the points, he'll take Minshew all day. Exactly. He, he kind of thinks with Minshew, he can see he's like a diamond in the rough. You know, he's like, if I could get my hands on Minshew, give him a good shower, you know, scrub him up a little bit, <laughs> shave off the mustache, cut the hair. He's like, there is a stud inside there that I could just love. <laughs> but until, until, I, until I, you know, really sharpen him up, I'm not going to take him to win a game. After Sam listens to this, he's never going to miss another episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good tactic. <laughs> Uh, it's actually scared me for missing an episode now (laughs) just what will be said about me i'm so nervous Uh, next up we have vikings at colts to me maybe one of the most interesting games of the week just from the perspective they were two teams that had a lot of expectations coming into this year two teams that lost in week one two teams maybe probably both in a must-win situation almost in week two. I know it's only week two, but it kind of feels like that way for a few teams actually right now. And I say for them, it's both sort of must-win. And the Colts are three-point favorites. So I'm going to go. So I just realized I wrote down on this in all caps, tough. And that's all I have. I don't even have a pick. (laughs) So I must have thought this one was really tough and skipped it. I'm surprised the Colts are favored. Just because the Vikings have consistently been a playoff team and a pretty deep playoff team, yeah, I, I can't. After what Phillip Rivers did to me last week, I cannot pick Rivers again. And I will go Vikings to win and obviously Vikings with the plus three. I just think they're the better team and just played poorly in week one versus I don't think the Colts are that great of a team. Yeah, I'm kind of in – I'm kind of – in the same boat as you here because I would have been interested to see what this line would have been if both teams had won in week one. And to me, the Colts lost to a bad team, whereas the Vikings lost to a potentially very good team. So it's a little bit difficult to read into it, even if the Vikings defensively in particular, their secondary looked awful. So you could make the argument that like, this is a perfect game for Phillip rivers. At the same time, rivers didn't look great. I'm sure he'll be better this game, but 
I'm still of the belief that the Vikings are a pretty good team. And if they're going to be a pretty good team, they've got to win this game. Because again, if they're 0-2, they're kind of out of the playoff hunt almost. Because they're obviously, they're in the NFC where there's going to be a lot of teams with very good records. They're in a tough division. So like if they're already two games behind the Packers, and potentially two games behind a few other teams in the NFC, and also like on a par with a few teams in the NFC that you expect are going to have strong runs for the rest of the year, it's going to be tough for them, even with the expanded playoffs to get in. So I was a little bit surprised by the line. I kind of expected this to be around a pick em, if I'd been honest. So like the Vikings getting three points, like there's no way I would take the Colts minus three in this game. Even if I think the, obviously it's kind of a toss up, but I just think if you're getting the points, take the points in this situation, but I'm going to take the Vikings to win and the Vikings obviously with the points. Now, Sam disappe- disagrees with us where, and he has taken the Colts to win and cover the spread. And I can only assume that this is because a little bit of like Sam's self-loathing came out in this one. And he knew that there's no way that a religious Phil Rivers is on board with his lifestyle. And so this was just like, he hated himself for a little bit and decided to punish himself here and just had to take the Colts. <laughs> He's like the, the guy in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, the albino. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone listening and you've never seen Sam... He looks almost exactly like that. Great description. People actually thought it was him when they'd seen the movie. Oh, when they I first met him. Sam. Yeah, when I first met him, I was like, you're the guy from the Da Vinci Code. And he was like, no, 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 I get that all the time. He was like, that's not me. It's just, it just happens to look like me. Also, he gets quite confused with the guy from Powder. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to the next game. This is going to be an interesting one. This is the one where I want to hear your opinion and you might be surprised by mine. Now, maybe I'm, maybe this is a bluff. Giants at Bears and the Bears are five and a half point favorites. I am going to go Giants with the points, Giants to win. I do not think the Bears are that great of a team. Again, from what I said with the Lions, three quarters, they were getting blown out, couldn't stop the Lions on defense and couldn't score against the Lions defense. I don't think Trubitsky's the answer. I think this is a game that the Giants can go into knowing that they have a legitimate shot to win. Not that obviously teams don't think they have a legitimate shot to win every week, but this is one I think that they walk in and they say, we can definitely win this game if we just play a turnover-free game get Saquon Barkley to have more yards rushing than Ben Roethlisberger in a game. And please, please, Daniel Jones, don't throw the dumbest interceptions you can possibly throw on your goal line. I think they'll beat them. Yeah. I mean, so I wasn't bluffing. I agree with you. (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, I picked the bears last week. They didn't look great. I was surprised at how good the giants looked in week one. I feel pretty good about taking them with the points to win. I'm a little bit unsure, but I'm just going to assume that if Mitch Trubisky stays true to his career, he's going to follow up like the, the, the praise with a disappointing performance that brings everyone right back down to earth. And so for that reason, I'm, and that's not the best reason to make a pick, but I'm just kind of like, kind of go with history on this one. So I am taking the giants 
with the points and the Giants to win outright. Now, Sam. For me, for me, the, the points are kind of strange. Like, I get the Bears won, but if you drop back and just looked at the first three quarters of how they played and say that team against the Giants, like the, take the Giants' first half versus the Bears' first half teams. I mean, that would be – the Giants should almost be favored, you know, with how those teams played. And I get, yeah, you play all four quarters. But six – to, I mean, I have six and a half here is a lot of points for a team that kind of just got lucky in, in the fourth quarter and put up a good amount of points against a team that shot themselves in the foot. I, I don't see why it's that much to me. Yeah, and realistically, right, the Bears should have lost. Like, without that drop, they've lost that game. And what's this line then yeah. if they'd lost? Is the line four points, three and a half points at that stage? So that's always one of those interesting ones. Yeah. I mean, it's who knows. I don't feel Sam. super confident. Now, Sam has gone um, with the Bears to win, but not to cover the spread. So, obviously, you know, like Mitch is like a 6 out of 10 for him, I guess. And he also just wants Saquon to wrap those big thighs around his head at some point. Little I'm happy Saquon there because I, I timed that one right as you were having a drink, and I nearly got a spit take out of you. So that was <laughs> Almost got a spit take. Will Saquon Barkley have positive yards rushing this week i mean that's the other argument too in a way right which is that you would kind of expect a little bit of a bounce back from saquon because so you got to expect him to be a little bit more productive and maybe that means that daniel jones can be in kind of more of a game manager role which might suit him more um i I mean again i i watched that whole game obviously even watched through part of the last podcast we did he he's not that bad he just makes some really really poor decisions he's a better version of sam darnold i think is what's gonna he's gonna turn out to be which yeah and i mean ironic because they're both in new york that's the thing though right isn't that kind of the issue with like that's often the difference between an elite nfl quarterback and a non-elite is is the mistakes like every every guy who makes the nfl has the ability to make the plays necessary to win a game it's the guys who actually don't like the spectacular plays are one thing. Like you can be Mahomes and and do things that no one else can do, and that puts you on another level. Like if you're Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but to just be a guy who has a 15 year career as a starting quarterback, that's basically just don't do dumb things. Like just do what's expected of you, and and that's going to be good enough. If you're on the right team, you're going to win a lot of games. Now, I will yeah. say the other thing going in the Giants' favor this time is that they don't have you praising them on a podcast midway through the game. <laughs> because as anyone who was listening last time, Frank was just over the moon with their start to the game. Really complimenting them. Over the moon. <laughs> really complimenting them. As soon as that praise stopped, as soon as we stopped recording, that's immediately when Daniel Jones threw that pick within two minutes of us stopping. And then the Steelers went on a 23-0 run in the game. So it was, it was the first live Duke of Curse we'd really had. Yeah, they did go on quite the run as soon as we ended. And that's the advantage, right, for anyone out there. The people setting the lines do not know about that. And so that's going in the favor of anyone who's, who likes the Giants this week. Now, Frank may have cursed the Giants in week one. I can say that I probably definitely cursed the Niners in week one. <laughs> and up next, we have the Niners 
at the Jets, and the Niners are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't see how the Niners are only six-and-a-half-point favorites. Even with a loss, they should at least be nine-point favorites. The Jets looked terrible against the Bills, and the Niners played decently, and their defense played well against arguably a potential playoff run team. They, they have a chance to make a run to the playoffs. I, I don't – I mean, they're, they're defending NFC champions. I don't understand that, that spread. I am all over the Niners on both the money line and the spread. Yeah, I'm going to kind of join you. I would be stunned if the Niners lost. Like, this would to me would be the most surprising result of the week, just because again it falls into a kind of must-win category for the Niners. The Jets might be the worst team in the league. Now, I get the line is probably a reaction to none of the players who were out for the Niners last week are coming back in this week. They, it looks like Kittle's going to be out. Richard Sherman is also out. Now they've signed Sanu. So you have to assume that Sanu plays a pretty big part in this week. That might solve some of their problems at receiver. But still, they look a little bit weak offensively. I'm just going to assume that with a week, like I think part of what would have killed them last week in a way is that you would have had all week with Shanahan preparing for Kittle to play a pretty significant role. The point he got injured, I think he had four receptions for 44 yards. He obviously got injured on a play that was designed for him, the screen. They were probably thanks, expecting thanks, him to play, Jimmy G. Yeah, terrible throw. But they were probably expecting him to play a pretty significant role in the second half. They just didn't have him, and so that you have to throw your game plan totally out the window. This week, you've had a week to prepare for an offense that won't have Kittle. So I think they'll look a little bit better offensively. But fundamentally, that we—I mean, we've we've already been over this. The, the loss against the Cardinals, in a way, came down to three plays: the block punt, the failure to score from the one foot line, like from one foot out, and the failure on the first you know first down from from the 20 as at the end of the game and if any of those plays are different the Niners win last week and this line looks so different in that case so I'm with you I'm surprised by how relatively low the line is I'm taking the Niners and it would be my most confident pick of the week the Hewitt lock of the week Hewitt lock of the week let's hope that I uh I don't uh jinx them two weeks in a row because it will be season over if the Niners lose this one Especially in that division. Yeah. No, no. It's in a scenario when the Rams might win again, the Cardinals might win again, and the Seahawks might win again. If they're two games behind every other team in their division, it's done. It's just done. Now, Sam is in agreement with us. I mean, is that anyone any surprise to anyone? I mean, he would have looked into Jimmy G's big eyes and just probably forgotten everything else he was doing. So the fact that he's filled in the rest of the, his picks, that's amazing. GQ Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now up next, speaking of the Niners and their week one loss, up next we have the Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals, and the Cardinals are seven-point favorites. Now this, Eddie, I believe is the Eddie curse because as the Eagles were up 17 nothing, you texted our group and asked, when are they going to put Alex Smith in? And then the Washington football team came back and won that game. So that could be your other curse of the week. Yeah, uh, I called on the spirit of Alex Smith, and he embodied the rest of the team. Yeah. His, yeah. Well, this is a tough one. 
I mean, I obviously am not fully sold on Washington beating what looked like a pretty limp Eagles team, especially their offensive line. I'll take the cards to win. I'm going to take Washington with the points only because that defensive line gave Carson Wentz a lot of trouble. And I can see that happening again this week against Kyler Murray. And while Murray can scramble and can get out of some situations, being a younger quarterback, I think he might make some mental mistakes, not Daniel Jones level, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they force a fumble out of him or a bad throw that, you know, you know gets intercepted. So I think that defensive line is going to mess with him a little bit and keep it kind of close. So I'll take Washington with the points, but the cards to win outright. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you. And this is another game where we kind of like we touched on earlier, like which half are you believing in? Right. So like if you're taking the Cardinals second half, then they're overwhelming favorites, especially if they're playing against the Washington football team's first half. Now, if you're taking the Cardinals first half against the Washington football team's second half, then this is a trickier pick to me. Pretty confident the Cardinals will win. I think seven points. It's right on the cusp for me. Um, if it had been six and a half, I think I probably would have taken taken the Cardinals. But I'm going to just I'm kind of just going to keep my expectations a little bit lower for Arizona until they really show that they're not the real deal, but on the verge of being the real deal. And so covering a seven point spread, maybe this will be a little bit of a hangover from the week one win. Um, and so yeah, I'm going to take Cardinals to win, but Washington with the points. And Sam has disagreed with us. Sam has taken Cardinals to win oh. and to cover the spread. I guess, you know, this is the first time that he's really fallen in love with a head coach and he's just seeing that man <laughs> on the sidelines there, you know, and he's just like, look at that head coach wearing, you know, sunglasses, shades. sunglasses during the game. What a cool man. He looks like the hip teacher we all wanted in middle school. And Sam's just like, I wish you could have taught me. And, uh, you know. Now, are you sure Sam's Are you sure Sam's not just looking past that and looking into his beautiful Scottsdale house that he had during that um, draft? I mean, I'm sure he's pictured a few scenes of the two of them together on that nice, modern, you know, that wide sofa. open. Oh, such a huge sofa. They could have, they could be in all sorts of positions on that thing, you know? You could fit yeah. six, eight motherfuckers on that sofa. Yeah, it could be him. It could be Jimmy G. It could be, you know, Jared Goff. Just a whole NFC West get together with Sam on the sofa, <laughs> you know, just, uh, just getting to know each other a little better, sharing some, some private stories. Okay, next one. Next up, we have the Ravens at Texans. And the now, Ravens, these are the afternoon games, or was the Cards an afternoon game as well? The, the Cardinals was the first of the afternoon game. This is okay. the second of the – there's three afternoon games. This is the second one, and this is Ravens at Texans. And the Ravens are seven-point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens to win. They look pretty dominant against the Browns. I'm going to go a little bit, I think, of a less probably favorable pick and go Texans to cover with the seven. The Texans didn't play particularly great against the Chiefs, but they didn't play particularly 
terrible. And I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I think they'll be slightly competitive against the Ravens. Hopefully they can shut down Lamar Jackson a little bit to keep it close. I think that's the issue is if he gets going and puts up two, three scores early, then you know that, that confidence train just is blowing through the tracks and there's no stopping them. But if they can, you know, by halftime be within a few points of them, I think they'll keep it close throughout. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I'll take Texans with the points. So I think it's difficult to see. I wasn't really impressed with the Texans in week one. Ravens kind of did everything right in week one. I don't think there's too much to like about this Texans team. They were kind of like mediocre to good last year and they've just made themselves better. They made themselves worse in the off season. And they're terrible at stopping the run game. So this is just a horrible matchup for them because I don't know how they stop Lamar. And then once you can't stop Lamar on the ground, it's just difficult to stop the Ravens overall. So I'm taking the Ravens to win and to cover the spread. And Sam is in agreement with me, and I can only assume that's because he's just terrified of J.J. Watt. You know, <laughs> J.J. Or Watt just looks like... an Oakley glasses thing, and he loves when Lamar Jackson pops on those big uh, Terminator shades. Maybe, but I just think J.J. Watt might be a gay man's nightmare. <laughs> just the thought of him putting on his robot arm and like meeting you in a dark corner, like, you know, in an alley. Few things could be worse. See, now I think J.J. Watt would be a man of the people and be kind of like Ben Stokes and defend. Oh, I'm not implying that he would, I'm not implying that he would attack a gay person. J.J. Watt seems like a great guy. And okay, you know, that, he seems, that's, what you, that's what I thought you meant. Oh, no, no, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean it to be misconstrued. I just meant more. He'll stick on that robot arm and he's just like a fisting machine with that thing on. And he will just, Sam would never walk again. That's what I mean. Okay, gotcha. I hope I, I hope I've cleared that one up. Yeah, I think I've got that image now. Okay, so just for everyone out there, imagine JJ Watt fisting the albino from uh, from the Da Vinci Code, and this or is powder. the scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up next, we've got speaking of the Texans' Week One loss, we've got the Chiefs at the Chargers, and the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. So this is one we just talked about right before the podcast. I was a little hesitant on the points, but the more I think about it, the Chiefs are going to start opening up that offense more and more. Week one, to me, they didn't look at all like they'd lost anything. It just looked as if they were still getting into that rhythm, still trying to kind of figure out what plays are going to work. They didn't really open up the offense that much. And I think as the weeks progress, they're going to open it up more and more. You're going to see a lot more throws to Tyreek Hill and Hardman deep. You're going to see Kelsey getting involved more. And as they keep doing that, teams are just going to be left in the dust. So I am now, now that I'm working this out in my head, I'm fairly, fairly confident in the Chiefs with the points and obviously the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it before. And I think the Chiefs are definitely winning the game. The Chargers played the Chiefs pretty well last year. I think the Chargers have a pretty good defense. So I think they'll be able to limit the Chiefs a little bit offensively, particularly they were a little bit rusty week, week one. So if that continues into week two. But similarly to you, like the more I've thought about it, 
the issue I have here is even if they limit the Chiefs offensively, they they hold them to what twenty five points. Thirty. Like that's a yeah, like thirty points is a good performance. So you're you're expecting then that they're going to score twenty two, like so four touchdowns, basically to get out of this one to cover the spread. And I don't see that part happening. So I'm going to take this more just because I don't think the Chargers will have the ability to score enough points to stay in this game. And so I'm I'm going to take the Chiefs to win and cover the spread. Sam has agreed with me. And it's actually, this is the reason I know why Sam took the Chiefs in this one, because this one's going to surprise a lot of people based on, you know, we've, we've kind of said what he liked over the course of this podcast. But his like, you know, when you always have that one person, you have a little bit of shame to like but you just like them you can't really explain it but there's just something about them and it's it's you know not normally your thing but you're just into them and for sam that's andy reed <laughs> i didn't even think andy i thought you're gonna go kelsey <laughs> oh yeah i could see it again i was just gonna it's, it's the mustache with... yeah you know yep, he wants to be he wants he he can just imagine like the tickling sensation as Andy Reid you know has his way with him and he just can't resist. Yeah. He's dressed. For those who don't know, Sam has dressed up as a walrus for Halloween every year since he was two years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his thing. <laughs> nice little yeah, Sam I thought, fact for you. I thought you were gonna go again with the with the Oakley glasses and go with Mahomes. No, nah, he loves Mahomes. Here. Yeah, I know he loves Mahomes. He likes Kelsey. Happy birthday, Mahomes, by the way. <laughs> you know, he likes a lot of the guys on that Chiefs team, you know, very attractive team overall, but he just just got a thing for Andy Reid. You know, but I watched the Super Bowl with him last year, and he just he couldn't take his eyes off of him. <laughs> I remember after the halftime show, you know, everyone else in the bar was saying like, wow, Shakira, you know, who's your pick? Who would you take now, Shakira or Jennifer Lopez? Like, who's aged better? You know, there was a lot of conversations about that. And Sam was like, you guys are being ridiculous. How, who's aged the best? It's clearly Andy Reid. <laughs> During that whole Super Bowl, he wanted the bar to put on that special channel that had like the, the extra views just so he could have the coach cam on 24-7, the coach cam of Andy Reid the entire time just walking up and down the sidelines. He wanted yeah, that and, like and- ESPN – 360 or whatever the channel is that has those extra views yeah and also um for his birthday this year his birthday's in july and i, I knew how much he liked andy reed and I, I saw that andy reed was on cameo and so i got andy reed it cost me a lot of money and uh, but i got andy reed to uh perform the wacka wacka dance for <laughs> sam's birthday and it, sam said it was the best present he's ever received <laughs> i wonder if Sam will start dressing up as Andy Reid now for Halloween instead of an actual walrus. Oh, that will be interesting. For sure. Yeah, he'll start wearing the Chiefs, like, uh, the Chiefs gear. And also, he, now that Andy Reid wears that mask and it steams up, you know, when he was, when he, week one, it was just steaming up <laughs> on the sidelines. That just made... Face shield, face shield. Face shield, yeah. Sam was just, like, he was kind of combining his fantasies already about Andy Reid with, like, some some, like small images from from titanic you know and sam was just picturing his hand just his hand streaks moving down the inside of the face shield during a moment of passion with andy reed as 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 he's stuffing cheeseburgers into his mouth oh yeah 
a little bit. It's just, just steam and, and ketchup everywhere. <laughs> oh, Sam would just walk into a room just naked, just covered in, in like <laughs> spraying himself in like cheese out of a can, you know, like cheese whiz just all over his body. And just Andy Reid would just go to town on him. I, I'm starting to think now that this won't fuel Sam to not miss another podcast. This will fuel Sam to never be on another podcast. <laughs> Uh, it could go one or two ways. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see if we can dig his dead corpse up from the grave. <laughs> yeah, either that or he's on a flight to Kansas City right now. We'll have to find out. Um, <laughs> next up, Patriots at Seahawks. And the Seahawks are a four-point favorite. I'm going to do Seahawks to win. Seahawks with the points. I've gone too many times betting against the Seahawks. I watched the Patriots this week. Like I said, they looked decent, but I believe Russell Wilson is the better QB out of him or Newton. And I'm going to trust Russell Wilson to get it done. I'm going to let Russ cook. Yeah, I agree with you. I think overall the Seahawks just have more weapons. I think it's a pretty good matchup for them, right? Because obviously the strength of the Patriots is them, their defense, particularly their secondary. But I still think that Seattle just, particularly Wilson, you know, he's going to like pick you apart if he can do. And on and every once in a while, he has just those like spirit breaking plays where you think you have him dead to rights in the backfield and he wriggles out of it. And then suddenly it's a 40 yard play and it's just heartbreaking. And yeah, I didn't see enough from the Patriots to think that they can keep up with the Seahawks scoring wise. And so I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you, Seattle and Seattle to cover the spread. Sam, Sam is in total agreement with us. He thinks, you know, that Russell Wilson's just a dreamboat. So, you know, there's no way, no way he wasn't going to go with Seattle. And the last game, what a what last a game, big, not big Monday so night, great Monday night game, <laughs> huge Monday night game. It's the, it's the, you know, the matchup we've all been waiting for. It's the Saints at the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Saints are five and a half point favorites. I am making this simple. Saints look decent. Week one, Raiders, meh. I have to go Drew Brees and the Saints win and with the points. I don't think five and a half is that much. Yeah, I'm, yeah, total agreement with you. I think the Saints, another one of those teams where they probably kicked the rust off a little bit in week one and they're just going to get better and better over the course of the season. And, uh, and so I expect them to be better week two than they were week one. And even if they're the same, I think they'll be too good for, for the Raiders. And yeah, I expect them to win and cover this spread. So I feel pretty good about that one. And Sam agrees with us. And I just think, you know, that's just one where he's just done uh, some deep uh, football analysis. And he just thinks that the, uh, you know, that's, it's one of the few games where he just really looked into the numbers, crunched the numbers down. And uh <laughs> And just thought, look, the Saints, Saints going to put up points. Can't deny it. Yeah, I, 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 that is the thing, too. Five and a half, I can't see the Raiders putting up 25 points. You know, I think the Saints are going to put up 30. I can't see the Raiders putting up 25. Yeah, I'm the same. It's kind of in that Chiefs-Chargers situation where it's just thinking about, even on an off day, how many points are the Saints going to score? So how do the Raiders keep up with them? That's, I think that's a sensible analysis about this one. And yeah, you've got to assume 
even in an off day in this one, really, you're looking at 25 to 30 points for the Saints. So it, it becomes tricky. All right. So that's our week two predictions and even Sam's predictions from the grave. So we'll see how we fare in week two now that we've had a little bit of viewing in week one to see what the teams at least have started off to look like. And a lot of us have, I think, gone against what we saw in week one. You know, even though a lot of teams won, we picked against them for week two, just thinking that, you know, it was maybe that week one fluke. And especially I think I think the teams that are the Super Bowl contenders are going into this season with the let's build up approach. You know, we talked about the Chiefs kind of doing that. I think the Saints, I, I agree with you, they were shaking some of that rust off in week one. You know, their offense was was pretty anemic, a lot of short passes, a lot of pretty poor running plays. I think they're going to start building up that playbook and, and getting into some more deep threats as the weeks go on. I think the Niners, same way. Uh, I think they were just a little rusty week one. I think they'll build back up. Uh, so I think a lot of the teams that we thought would be playoff teams are still kind of getting into their groove right now. Yeah, no, totally. And yeah, I expect them to get better and better. And I also just think they're obviously dealing with unusual circumstances with no fans at most of these games. The sound. I found it really interesting when I was watching the Bills game last week, they were talking about the sound levels and they'd capped the, the Bills were allowed to pump in up to 70 decibels of sound. And the announcer was saying that uh, last year, the Bills kind of averaged, they, they would kind of, on big plays, they would get to 100 and 105 decibels. So it's a pretty significant drop-off. And I also heard Aaron Rodgers this week speaking about the fact that it was just weird that, you know, they were playing at the Vikings in week one. And he said, that's normally a game where they expect to go to and not even be able to communicate with the person directly next to them. And suddenly they're in a situation where they could hear everything. And he was speaking about it for him. It's kind of useful because he's obviously a big proponent of the hard count. And so he feels like now he's in a position to draw even more players offside. Yeah. But obviously it's going to hurt some teams like I think you did see a few surprising upsets last week from home teams where probably if you'd had the fans in, it would have just, you know, a few home teams lost kind of close games there where you think with the extra noise and it being a little bit harder for teams on offense that they probably would have been okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So should we go to the Premier League and kind of just yeah, we can maybe, do. We don't have to do every game like last week. We can kind of just go through the bigger matchups. Yeah, I mean it is worth noting, right? We we kind of tipped a few a few matches last week. We were pretty good. You know, we were very confident about Leicester winning. Leicester won easily. Um, we were confident about um, Wolves winning. Wolves won easily. Uh, we did think Spurs would win, and that obviously that one didn't work out. But uh, apart from that, um, you know, we were pretty pretty much on point for these predictions. And I think there's kind of three matches of real interest coming into the second set of fixtures. Two of them, not incredible matches on paper, but just the fact that United are back in action and City are back in action. They got a little bit extra time off because of their European fixtures in August. So you have both of them back and that sort of adds to the, the interest this weekend. And then you obviously have the big match of the weekend and one of the big matches of the year, which is Chelsea Liverpool. Yeah. So City against Wolves 
scares me a little just because that seems to me the classic I'm all in on city and wolves pull like a one, one draw, but being the first game of the year or first match of the year and having already seen Liverpool kind of fumble a little bit against Leeds, I think city are going to come in hot and realize that if they can get off to a really good start and put up a ton of points and put up a ton of goals that they might back Liverpool into a corner pretty early. And I think city are going to come out on top on that, on that match. And it's, it's really, I think city's only what one to two, right? They're not that highly favored. Yeah, no, I think, I think the odds are pretty fair to be honest. I think wolves are getting the sort of right amount of respect in this one, but I agree with you. I think you have to assume that City are going to try and send a message to Liverpool. You also have to think there's a scenario in which Liverpool have beaten Chelsea away from home the day before. And so City are playing their first match of the season. Liverpool already six points on the board, have already beaten one of the sort of title challengers, but definitely one of the you know expected top four in the league. And if you're in that situation and then City lose, you already start to get the feeling that City are falling quite far behind which is what happened to them last year. And if Liverpool hit the form they were in, you know, at or have been in for the past 18, 24 months, once you're six, nine, ten points behind, you're just not catching up because they're just not going to give you that opportunity. So, you know, there's a scenario in which this can be this, this opening match might feel like a really big match for City because away to Wolves, it's a tough match. But if they're already six points behind Liverpool, it just mentally it's, it's a big one. Uh, I agree with you, Ben, in that I think I think City will win. Uh, I wouldn't might bet my house on it, but um, but yeah, I think they'll win. And then uh, similarly, you have United coming back into action. They're at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't think Palace are particularly good, and so this seems like a a nice way for United to get their campaign uh, up and running. So I think United should should kind of relatively speaking cruise that one. Now for the tougher match, Chelsea against Liverpool. I'm going to take Chelsea double chance, so to draw or win. I think Liverpool didn't look great. I think Chelsea looked kind of okay on Monday night. And I think Chelsea have obviously made some really big additions this summer. And I think this could be a little bit of a statement match for them to show that they are actually really in the top four this year, sort of not just trying to sneak in or compete for it at the end of the season, but genuinely a top four team. And so I think they're going to catch Liverpool at just the right time. And I, I don't think Liverpool will win this one. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I was leaning towards uh, a Chelsea double chance as well. I think I will – my tip in this match would be Timo Warner to score. I think he's going to come out, especially if Leeds can put up three. I really feel like this is going to be a – you're going to get some goals in this match. So I think he's going to get his first for Chelsea. Yeah. And he's so maybe worth noticing, maybe Frank, maybe your special, your niche is going to be goal scorers this year. So obviously <laughs> last week you tipped uh, Jamie Vardy to score two goals or more in, uh, in Leicester's opening match of the season. He obviously scored two goals that that was four to one. So a pretty nice, pretty nice win for you there. Timo Werner to score anytime in this match is around six to four, six to four, seven to four, depending on where you're looking. 
So decent okay. value. Um, yeah. So not a bad tip. Now the downside with that, right, is he's not taking penalties. Not that you expect Chelsea to get penalties, but that's always the that's always the heartbreaker. Like obviously he didn't take a penalty in the opening against in the in the first match of the season, so it's, you're not going to expect him to to win that right unless there's a few misses. And you always have just that little extra element of doubt whenever you're backing a goal scorer who you know isn't going to take those just in case that happens. Yeah, and that's I mean, and that's why I've always been high on Vardy for for scoring because he gets so many opportunities with the penalties both of his might have been penalties yeah it's the Uh, nice Vardy or Harry Kane boost you know any of them even you look at Salah last week right he had a hat trick two of the more penalties so you know as soon as you're as soon as you're a set piece taker as soon as you're a penalty taker you you've got that little just you know slight more chance you're obviously not going to get a penalty every match but it still helps yeah and that that's Sunday, and at least for me, it's 8.30 a.m., which is a doable time. It sucks sometimes when you get some of these early matchups that are 4, 4 a.m. my time. Not, not too optimal. Like Everton this week play at 4.30. I don't think I'll be up for that one. But 8.30 on a Sunday is doable, especially because I can watch that, and then that'll lead right into NFL football. It starts around 10, so... Perfect. Yeah, pretty pretty packed Sunday. You've got that. You've got all the NFL games, and obviously you've got the final day of the U.S. Open in golf. Yeah. Oh, so Justin, speaking of that, Eddie. Justin Thomas is first-round leader. He's one shot clear at the top, so not exactly a huge lead, but uh, he looked pretty good today. And uh, same, actually, uh, 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 Chauflet, who Sam's tip, he's, he's kind of in the running there, too. So... Um, you know, still. Who's your tip? For. I honestly don't remember. I'm not. My tip. My tip was Tommy Fleetwood. My main tip. Okay. Um. So he's not out of it, but he didn't didn't have a an incredible first round, but certainly he's not so far off that I I think that he I, you know I wouldn't dismiss him just yet, but he's definitely got a little bit of work to do uh, if he's going to get there. Yeah, no. I kind of said. Uh, Justin Thomas and Webb Simpson and I mean, obviously Thomas is doing well but Webb Simpson I think is one over so he's still in the hunt kind of a little far back now though yeah the interesting one for me here is Rory who I, yeah he's three under uh, and it was kind of an interesting one like um, for three of the top five at the moment you have Justin Thomas Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy so you have Thomas at five under Reed at four under and Rory at three under all three of them had fairly early tea times. Um, it's always one of those ones when they go out and you said, you know, you kind of like have the, you're the clubhouse leader early on in the first round. It's difficult to know how good of a score that is. Obviously this is a tough course, but still probably a concern that you, you shoot three under and you feel good about it. And someone else goes out there and shoots seven or eight under. So I think it'll be interesting to see tomorrow when you reverse that uh, for these guys. Um, I'm going to, Say now, I think it's between Rory and Justin Thomas. The question here is going to be, can Rory deliver four good rounds? He has a tendency to have three good rounds and one just absolutely disastrous one. But if he can put it together for four rounds, there were some encouraging signs today. So um, if right now, if I was making my pick, I would, I, would, I would go with Rory. I mean, they're just, the whole field is just really lucky that Trump couldn't make it this week. Because I don't know if you saw, but he's claimed that he's played that course many a times 
and shoots in the low 70s consistently at winged foot, which is one of the hardest golf courses in America. And, you know, he can shoot in the low 70s. He'd be right up there in the leaderboard. He'd be, you know, well, let's top say 10 right shot, now. Well, let's say he shot a 73, right? He'd be tied so, with Webb Simpson. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he, he wouldn't exactly be doing well, but he'd be tied for 71st with about 20 players. So uh, including quite a few, you know, notable names. He'd be ahead of Tommy Fleetwood, who's four over. Yeah. So I should change my pick. I, I withdraw my pick of uh, Tommy Fleetwood, and I'd like to replace that with Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just lucky. They're lucky he's so busy that, you know, he can't participate. He was too busy bringing back the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll be at Augusta. He's, apparently he's taken responsibility for that one. Nice. Well, you know, you did say, I know you. one of those things you said was uh, you talked about Phil Mickelson's interview after his last round and how he gave himself like no chance going into this one. Yeah. He is a hundred and forty second. Uh he is not, he, he had a first round of, of nine over par. Now the wow. so the only two players who had a worse round were here than him were Davis Riley and Lucas Mitchell or Michelle, not sure, who were ten under. So he nearly had the worst round. Ten of over. The day. Ten over. <laughs> ten over, yeah, sorry. But yeah, nine under nine under par. Uh, nine over par, sorry. Um See, now the only nice thing about that is the last uh, major they had, he was still playing. He, he made the cut, but he was so far back that he was one of the first players to finish up in rounds three and four. And then after he finished, he was joining them in the booth to commentate. And it was, it made the commentary so much better because not only do you get the Phil Mickelson insight, but I get the feeling that he's, um, I mean, he, I guess it's pretty obvious. He's a very joking guy, you know, so he was constantly kind of ripping on the players a little bit, you know, in, in, in good fun, not going after them, but, you know, like ripping on someone for having a bad haircut or being a bad dresser, uh, you know, for, for like having a bad tan, things like that. So I hope he doesn't make the cut so they can just permanently bring him in for rounds three and four and have him be one of the, oh, the commentators cool. because it's, yeah, he'll it's don't him, worry. It's him and don't, two eighty-year-olds. <laughs> he'll be he'll be in the booth on Saturday. Don't don't worry about that. Friday afternoon, probably. <laughs> but uh, I mean, to put it in perspective, he birdied holes one and two. His back nine: bogey, par, par, bogey, double bogey, bogey, par, bogey, bogey. That's a back nine that, on paper, I wouldn't be proud of. <laughs> That's. Trump, Trump wouldn't even sign that card. No, no, no. Yeah, he'd. Yeah, that'd be his worst round in decades. But no, I do think it's interesting um, for European golf coverage. Um, they've had that for a while, where they've had a few pros who, like, basically once they've missed the cut, have then come into the booth for Saturday and Sunday. And I do think it's always interesting because even if the person doesn't bring a lot of personality, just the analysis, because they've obviously really prepared for the tournament and they know exactly what the conditions are like. So just that insight when a guy has a big putt or a guy's sort of trying to hit a key approach shot, just the fact that they're able to really speak about it from the standpoint of like, no, 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 you definitely don't want to be right here. Or this guy's in, it might not look it, but he's in real trouble. 
And, and, you know, most golf coverage, they do a pretty good job of that anyway with the guys on the course and they obviously know it pretty well, but it does just add that extra element as soon as you have someone who's literally played in that tournament and it's kind of unique to golf, right? Because there's not a lot of sports where someone who actually was competing is suddenly then commentating yeah. on it. Like you don't have a football <laughs> game where like Mahomes plays the first three quarters and then is like, no, this is a blowout. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to go up and join Tony Romo in the booth for a quarter. That would be awesome. And you could do it in other sports, right? You could do it in some tournament-based sports. Like, there's no reason in tennis that, like, Novak couldn't get, you know, after he was disqualified, he couldn't have then done, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and talk about the, you know, I'm going to go and commentate on the remainder of the games. Well, that's a different situation, Eddie. He didn't, he felt so bad about tearing that girl's throat off. He didn't want to. Well, he had to sit by her bedside after her surgery. She, yeah. he, held, he held her hand, you know, he had to pay for all the hospital bills. So, well, any other, Oh, we should do our tips of the week. Yes. Or as the English call it your nap, which I found out what that means today. Do you know what, where the word nap comes from? I'll let you share your little insight here, Frank. I'll give you, do you not know? Is that why? No, I do know it, but okay. Cause it's from the card, the French card game, Napoleon where if your hand was the nap hand, it was the best hand you could get and you'd automatically win. So, so for context, for anyone's listening, you, you typically see it, see it in horse racing. And with tipsters, they'll put nap by what they consider to be the best bet of the day. So it's a yep. way for anyone previewing the races or working as a tipster to really say, like, this is my pick of the day. And they'll, they'll either say it's their nap or they'll just put NAP next to... Um, one of their selections. So I'll start off. I'm coming off a nice Jamie Vardy to score two or more. So I feel like I'm going to build on that momentum and kind of go for it a little here, try and, you know, stretch out a single into a triple. I'm going to get a little aggressive, do a five team parlay or accumulator. So it's three American football and then two uh, English soccer so i have bills minus six again it's against the dolphins niners minus seven again against the jets and then the chiefs minus nine against the chargers and add that i have arsenal and man city so together that's about a uh 16 time parlay so if you bet 10 you'd win 160 i think you know we've we've went through all the uh, football games. I think the Bills should comfortably win against the Dolphins and the Niners the same against the Jets. The Chiefs minus nine. Nine is a lot, but the more I think about this, the more I think the Chiefs are going to put up 35 or more, and I don't think the Chargers are going to put up more than 21. And then for the soccer, I had mentioned it earlier, I think City's going to want to come out hot and make a statement here against uh, kind of put the pressure on Liverpool early. And Arsenal played well, uh, Last week, they uh, kind of dominated that match. West Ham isn't that great. And I'm going to take Arsenal now before my Arsenal-themed Adidas Ultra Boost shoes come in because once I put those bad boys on, Arsenal's not going to win another game all season. So got to take them while I can. All right. Well, mine, I'm in a different boat to you here because you obviously won last week with your bet of the week. My bet of the week was let down by the Niners. It was the only 
only part of it that lost. So I'm going to be a little conservative here, just trying to bounce back, not a, not turn a triple into a strikeout. So, uh, so I, <laughs> I'm going to go for the just all straight money line here. I'm going Browns, Buccaneers, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, and that's three point seven six. Say it to me one more time. Browns, Buccaneers, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I think I like that you do the Browns because that ends obviously today. So you get that benefit that you're basically then looking at a fourfold, even though it still is a, you know, just like in my head, I think, you know, because it's not the same day that you're already one. Yeah, it feels different. Yeah. Yeah, you're already one down. I think the only worry there could be Baltimore. You know, because the Texans aren't a bad team. The rest of them are playing what I would think non-playoff contenders, right? But the Texans could be a playoff contending team. That's the only thing that worries me Here's here's the interesting one for me, right? If the Browns – so assuming I make it to Sunday, the Browns have played and they've won. How I feel about that Ravens pick – might be influenced by the Browns tonight. If the Browns play True. well tonight, I feel better about how the Ravens dismantled them in week one. If the Browns lose tonight, not only do I lose my bet, but in addition to that, I just won't feel, I won't even like the selection <laughs> that I made for the back end of it because you'll suddenly be like, yeah, I maybe overreacted a little bit to how good the Ravens looked in week one. I just feel a little bit better because it's not like the Ravens week one performance was out of line with how they performed in the previous season. Right. So you're talking about maybe the best team from the regular season the year before. Um, So it's not, I don't feel bad about that. I I think, and again, they're in a tough division, so it's not like they can take the foot off their gas, like the foot off the gas at all. And I kind of feel like Lamar Jackson sort of feels like people have forgotten about him a little bit. And there's all this talk about a lot of other quarterbacks. A Mahomes because he won the Super Bowl. Then he signed that huge contract. Then Happy you have Mahomes. Pre- <laughs> then you have the Dak Prescott contract situation hanging over him. You know. Then you have a other. You know, a few other quarterbacks who signed contracts over the summer and stuff. And I just feel like Lamar is kind of in the mood to remind people that, you know, he's still the the regular season MVP from the year before. He's still the guy who you know, made the quarterback position look a little bit different for a while. So, you know, I, I feel like he thought he, he was. Yeah. I feel like he's out to remind everyone that, you know, he's, he's right up there. Now, Sam also made, made his pick. So right before we put him six feet under. Yeah. So he also went with Arsenal to win. Um, now bear in mind, Arsenal, Sam is an Arsenal supporter. So. Well, so my comfort. Yeah, his confidence there. I bought the um, fucking shoes, Eddie. <laughs> and also, you know, he's he's taking he's doing a double, so he's doing that Arsenal to win with the Seahawks to cover the spread, just because you know Russell Wilson's such a dreamboat, and so he's you know he just wants to be all in on that game when it turns on, just so he can. Now remind me, what's the spread again? Four points. Oh, okay. And that's, so that's a pretty decent, Pats. pretty decent double. And Sam also won his week one bet. Um, so we got two out of three of us had winners week one. So you're kind of rolling over. Say hypothetically, you're rolling over that 
you know, funny well, I'm money. pocketing half okay. and then rolling over the other half. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll assume that Sam has blown half of it on some male prostitute out there with the rest of it. <laughs> on an Andy Reid lookalike prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard to find in, in London. So that's oh, why it cost expensive. so much money. The thing is, it might have just been Andy Reid. <laughs> How many cheeseburgers would it cost to get Andy Reid over to your house? Three. <laughs> three, like, like three Burger King ones or three legitimate craft burgers? Just like three Big Macs. Three Big Macs and a McFlurry. I don't think he's a Big Mac guy. I think he's just a straight double. Oh, he's hundred percent. He's a hundred percent. No, like double Big quarter Mac. pounder. He he doesn't need that extra piece of bread in the middle. Oh no, he does. He's him. he's an offensive genius. He needs he needs the razzle dazzle in the burger. <laughs> you know, like he's got Mahomes is the is the Big Mac sauce. Happy birthday, Mahomes! <laughs> I'm just saying it because he's a huge listener, so. Oh, yeah, when he gives us that month. Yeah, yeah, maybe end of season, though. He's got other things to focus on right now. Yeah, like counting his money. Takes him a while. It does take him a while. Just got to hope he doesn't do a Scrooge McDuck, just dives into it end of season. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so I think that concludes this podcast. Unfortunately, the biggest downer about Sam not being here is, I mean, I don't really care for his opinions at all, but we're not going to get him get to hear him say cheerio, which will I'll, I'll, slightly... I'll imitate him. I'll imitate him on the sign. So do you want to say your own goodbye and then say his goodbye? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do totally, totally different voices though. People will know the difference. But just remember people, when Eddie's reenacting his voice, just think of the guy in the Da Vinci think, think Code of the or from Powder. The and and also look at the positive, right? Next episode, Sam should be back. Um, should be or may never be back. <laughs> or may never be back. Whichever one pleases you more. Imagine that scenario. And then also, I will hopefully have functioning internet at home, so that should make my robot voice will probably disappear. Episodes might drop a little bit earlier because editing them is going to be a little bit easier. So, two things to look forward to. And if any of you find Sam, please let us know because he's still missing as of now. Just make sure to check the bathrooms. <laughs> All right. Well, on that stern warning, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Cheerio. <laughs>